haven't heard it in years. <laughs> oh, that's right, because we can't, still can't hear it if it's playing. Exactly. Just bop, just bop your head and play along. <laughs> Welcome back for the 17th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. If you missed us last week, I took my first break. We took our first break since the uh, inception of the uh, broadcast. Had a little bit of a family thing going on because it's summertime and summertime is family time. So here it is. Yeah, we got a lot of these things going on. Gene himself. Mr. Gene Hopkins from Los Angeles, California. Give him a round of applause here. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. The brother has family going on right now. And of course, from the greater Philadelphia, New Jersey metro area, Mr. Robert Brooks. Yo. Our shout out. And shout out to Mr. Grand Lancaster who can't make it make it here tonight because of family commitments. There you go. You know, brother's doing his vacation thing. You know, I hope everybody's out there gets to spend some time with your family. I know that um, during COVID, we all got to spend a little bit too much time with our family or some of us. Some of y'all are getting divorced. Maybe you've gone out on vacation and you're having second thoughts, you know, so that's my PSA for the day. You know, they're not so bad when they're not around all the time, you know, taking into consideration. Save some money, keep that family together. Rob, why are you shaking your head already? I, hey, I, you know, I'm just I'm wondering where where this is gonna go. Because the longer you talk, the deeper that rabbit hole is gonna go. Brother, I'm just trying to do the family thing. Just trying to do the family thing. You know, just trying to support families, black families, all families. You know, and oh, that's right. But we're gonna start it out. We're gonna jump it right into it. Juneteenth is now a holiday. That's right, Juneteenth, celebration of the freedom of the slaves. Um, some of which, if you depending on where you lived, if you lived in Texas, some people found out a hundred years later that slavery was abolished in some fucked up shit. There's some oh, towns out know, there. Some people they can open up them negras a bone. <laughs> they they some people are gonna open, a bone. Somebody's gonna open up the newspaper tomorrow and find out. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. You know, we had a case last year that guy, um, he had, he ended up owing a, a, disa- a mentally disabled black man that had worked for him for like 10, 15 years, uh, essentially as a slave down in Louisiana. So, you know, slavery is never going to be completely abolished in the world. It's a part of um, everything. You know, I was thinking that how do you celebrate? How exactly do you have a Juneteenth celebration? Well, see, that's the thing. This is America. It should be a fucking day of mourning. So, you know, at some point, you know, like everything else, like, you know, there'll be, there'll be, you know, I'm sure somebody will say, well, it'll be a day of service like Dr. King. It'll be a day of service. And then before you know it, it'll be a day to get fucking washers and dryers cheaper. Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be something about sales on cotton t-shirts, cotton apparel, you know, if I was to look at the bright side, what a three day weekend. Well, for people who work, uh, uh, traditional work, as I did for decades, a day off is a fucking day off, and it's and it's it is highly regarded. It is highly valued by the people. So that's one thing. Yeah, uh, but the, the the second bright side is 
is that it has to uh it has to open up some some truth you know in conversation and in inquiries and you know just uh general uh uh what do you call that uh curiosity well, you know, for those who who don't who have never heard the history, read the history, but that's it. Uh, other than that, uh, so what? So fucking what? Uh, I mean, like, so in Lord, Texas, are they going to the be able to teach know? the history of Juneteenth? Um, no, huh? no, they won't be able to teach the history. They, of they'll, there'll be a holiday, but they won't be able to teach the history. Of it. And I'm going to tell you something. Kids I'm to feel bad about like themselves. Sergeant Waters on this too, you know, with all this goddamn slang, Juneteenth, you know, and then all I, you know, you see buck dancing people in, in, in the goddamn circle celebrating like that, and every I don't like the visuals that, yeah. that, that either I come up with on my own or that that, uh, that are influenced by just the just the just the title itself. I don't, that's just me, you know, I don't like the visuals. I gotta be honest, I didn't even really know it was a movement, or it was a thing, you know, I, to make Juneteenth a it, national it, holiday. I didn't know it was a movement either, and, you know, it smacks of appeasement to me. It smacks of, yes. Like, here's this bone that we threw you, we, we didn't ask for it, we're gonna throw you this bone, but I'm gonna give you the shit that you really need. Or one, but we're yeah, gonna give you this. It's definitely right. not a preferred bone because I can think of like you know a hundred different things I'd rather have than Juneteenth, and I think that it also opens up um, a treasure trove of comedy, you know, for yeah. especially for like white racist and everything to really go through because it's it's probably the worst possible holiday. I'm thinking myself like, where are you gonna find holiday? You, where are you gonna find the shopping sales? You know, I'm thinking cotton tees. All cotton things, but it's a summertime. <laughs> it's a it's a summertime like holiday, right? You know that what is it going to be? Cotton on June team. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like you know what is it? Backwoods are going to be half price. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you know somebody's going to fuck up and do that. Oh yeah, backwoods half price. Happy Juneteenth. The only positive I can think of that could come out of this is if they ha- if they are forced to show bamboozled, Spike Lee's bamboozled every year on Juneteenth. Oof. Like I, that I would be for. I'd be all Oof. I'd be all for that. That's a tough one. You, man, yo, it's just something about, man. Yo, the motherfucking people standing behind the president, you know, and this I mean it, it, it it's it's it just reeks of uh uh, what was this thing that that's just like that? It just reeks of just bullshit. Cotton. The word you're looking yeah, for is I mean, bullshit. Like the same old shit, you know, like Tim Scott smiling or some shit, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's just not good, man. It's like good Lord, we can't probably for, since the civil rights movement, people been standing behind the president smiling shit over some bullshit over a non over inches instead of feet, right? You know. Well, it's a it's an it's an opportunity for them to also give themselves a pat on the back for like you know releasing all those poor helpless slaves that they liberated from the um, religious oppression in Africa and uh, savagery, saved them from themselves. And Juneteenth is now a day where you know once again they can give themselves a nice pat on the back for doing the right thing. You know, the right thing would have been to pick your own damn cotton. But it's a you know, scar, so. though. The thing is, though, understand that Juneteenth was uh, it was a revelation of people who had been uh, 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 who had not been uh, released 
after uh, <laughs> after the law was made. Yeah. So we're celebrating that revelation of, of people who were, it's almost like the, oh, we're going, you know what? Uh, we had people in prison and uh, we let them all go January 1st. But there were some of them didn't even realize they were free till June. And when they realized it, they called it a day. Oh, that's the day we should make the holiday. Mm. Them realizing that they had just got fucked for another six months or so. Mm. Congratulations. <laughs> Here's a holiday. Congratulations. Have a lemonade. You know what I'm saying? It's... That's what we're going to We're going to remember. We're going we're gonna to make sure the holiday reminds us that we fucked a bunch of people for a while after we supposed to and, be. And the, way, know, the, and the way that we continued. And the way that we continue, because let's be honest, like we we this country has been that was in 1864, somewhere around there when when the slaves were freed, somewhere around right. there, you know. So that's uh, uh, 86, no, you know, 80, uh, yeah, yeah, somewhere somewhere oh, around that time. Yeah. You know, you're talking 200 years, but you know, can we talk about the different ways that they were able to keep slavery in effect for those two years without it officially being slavery? You know, how they continued to take the blood and sweat and the tears of these black people and use them for their benefit. You know, fighting in World War One and fighting in World War Two, fighting in Korea. Yes. Fighting in Vietnam. You mean like the way they did that? The way they did that and the way that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so something like that. Something like that. And something about the way that these World War One um, soldiers came back to the United States and were promptly hung for, you know, requesting their rights and how um, up until the the Civil Rights Act of 1964, you know, we still had a there was still a need for a Civil Rights Act in 1964. But we're going to celebrate Juneteenth. Yes, you know, it all got better on Juneteenth, regardless of what happened afterwards. Yes, you know, it's sort of like what Bill Maher said this week. You know, on his show, it was like, you know, you guys are complaining about all these things that you're getting now, and that things are so much better now. You know, why Why can't you be happy about your incremental progress? You know, that's it's important. You know, in the interim, if you go out and the if he were to go out or someone like that were to go out and do the exact same things, they wouldn't be able to take it. You know, one of the things I posted this week on Facebook is just that all the stuff that's going on is this really proof that of what I've always said. And that's that a lot of you would make really bad black people because you got to eat a lot of shit. You know, and it's like it's not something that. But, hey, congratulations to the Senate. You know, they gave us a holiday that we didn't ask for. You know, I guess somebody must have asked for it. Somebody must have. Somebody must have. And it's inclusive of everyone, you know, unlike everything. You know, the thing is, even if it's symbolic of some type of fucking crazy ass progress, they should at least explain how that's the case or why i mean it is it's 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 but it's nothing it's nothing more than an inch they're against of a mile that needs to be covered they're an inch a, of a mile that needs to be covered that's you're right saying. right right well they they're against critical race theory every republican in every state is like making a big thing about critical race theory which is just another word for telling the truth and telling the way that it happened and if you look at what happens with Juneteenth, they're basically, they're shaping the new truth. And the new truth is in 1864, 1865, um, black people became free and everything else after that point didn't happen. 
and y'all been good since then. So we don't go into your neighborhoods and over and hyper police you. We um, employ you. We, we will hire you just as well as quickly as we will someone else based upon your qualifications. Qualifications are the only thing that really matter. Um, and racism just doesn't exist in the United States of America. And you rabble rousers need to go someplace else yeah. with that shit. It's all hype. I yeah. do drama. There's I, no such thing as racism. I, I'm speaking. I think I'm speak, I think I've covered it. Do you think I covered it, Rob? You think I covered everything? Uh, I, I think we're, it, Juneteenth is done. We done. We done with Juneteenth. Yeah, no, I don't even like saying this shit. That's the funny thing, you know. I'm saying you go celebrate Juneteenth, man. Get away from me. You know, <laughs> that's like the Black Coalition on Facebook. Right. Uh, like, you know, what are you doing to celebrate uh, Juneteenth or something? You know, I'm telling you, man, you know, I saw a post today that said that most people think they're hacked by some some shadowy figure around computers and this and that, when in reality, it's the, uh, my first car was a such and such. What was your first car? Right. Right. The name of you, you gave them all the answers to right. you mad at them for hacking you. It seems like the Black Coalition falls right into that with some of the posts that are not filtered and just allowed to make and this and that and so on and so forth. And it's like shit. Man. Well, you know what? It's funny because I was actually speaking to the owner of that group this week, uh, Calvin <laughs> Martyr, about coming in and filling Grant's chair. And we were actually like texting on Facebook yesterday because we had an interaction a couple of days ago where we at, where we agreed upon something, and we were and he actually commented on something that I said, and I was hoping to get him on the show because I know Gene like you know you are you're always like talking about that group not always but you've talked about the group before, and like you know would have been a good opportunity to talk about some of the good and possibly ask him some questions about some of the uh, other things that we see in the group, but he didn't get back to me in time for the recording, which is cool. I understand. He's got a group. It's of- impossible. I, I, I wouldn't even really, you know, I, I would, it, I would talk about it uh, and bitch about it from an anonymous uh, uh, perspective, but uh, you know, I understand that the a goal is impossible to have with, with a Facebook group or with anything that is bringing black people from all types of cultures because we're not monolithic and and all types of ways and stuff together to see some type of, uh, you know, a consistent point of view or, or see some point of view consistently and or, or just to, you know, just to mesh it. And, but there's good information. I see people giving good insight about different things that are asked, asked about and stuff, but it really is just a, it's fancy free and wild. And I don't yeah. know what you accomplish with fancy free and wild, except for, you know, uh, there are people that learn different things on different days, and 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 I guess that that goes unrecognized. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure somebody is getting helped in some way with this or with business and stuff like that. Uh, but the uh, but there really is no focus. I think he could take that and start, uh, uh, you know, some podcast or just some some type of other media interaction. That, that that may bring some more progress because that's just a it's, it's turning into a gossip site. Yeah, I do. I think he does actually have a podcast right now, and they are doing some things. There's some there's some good things. There's some positive things, and that's one of the things that we actually agreed upon is that 
you're never going to, you're not going to um, have a consensus, you know? And I was, I actually, my point was sort of along those lines when talking to other people, like, you know, I said something and I, and I, as I was writing the comment, I was thinking about Eugene because um, what I said was, was essentially that like, you know, well, you know, you guys aren't here for, cause you know, you, you get the radical brothers and the radical brothers, they just, they don't want nothing to do with nobody except unless it's black, you know, everything is black, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you can't learn, there's nothing to learn from them. You can't trust them. So on, so on, so forth. You know, we've, we have an, we have examples of ways that coalitions and collaborations between black people and other groups have basically mainly benefited the other groups you know, but the whole point is like the whole point of that to me is like not to stop doing that. My whole point is to actually learn from that. So that way, the next time you have a coalition with these people, you actually get what you're supposed to get out of it. You know, if not yeah. more so. And it's impossible for what a lot of these people like aspire to to ever occur. You know, and the example I used was Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know. This one place where they had all these great people and all these things going down, and what do they do? They bomb it. Well, today, you move all these black people into this one area. You don't even need a plane. All you have to do is press a button to bomb it. So then all you do is, like, make yourself, like, you know, so isolationism is not, to me, is not a way. You don't think that black people don't have enough munitions to protect themselves from a bomb falling falling from the sky. It's like, it's just, it's an impossible thing. So I understand I it, starts, it starts with a mission statement and him sticking to it. Yeah. Some mission statement that's going to drive purpose, that's going to drive, uh, you know, results. And then sticking to the mission statement and shaking everything else off. It's almost like, uh, you know, this is this, this is a path to potentially discover a, a way to go instead of start off, you know, with an idea of, of a path to take. Of a way to go, you know, of a direction to, to chase, if you would. I don't feel that that's necessarily a bad thing, though. No, okay. it's not. That's why I said I can't. I would never confront him yeah. because it's it's doing something, right? You exactly. know what I'm saying? And I'm not and I'm not gonna uh, bash uh, doing something. I'm just gonna, you know, work on myself. That it just doesn't annoy the shit out of me at times. When, when you know, I I don't want to waste no time with shit that 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 ha- that, that has no teeth. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah. I just don't have. I, I, but I, I'll spend all my time on shit if, if I'm passionate and it has some teeth to it. Right. Like there's really something going on with it and stuff. Like any anything. I, I mean, if, even if it was stripped down, to, okay. Only thing we're gonna focus on is improving finances for Black people as a whole. No matter you know what your beliefs are, this and that. And don't and don't and don't mix it up because as soon as you start talking about that about about Christianity and this and that and everything else, it just goes left. It's gonna go. That's where you see the the, the main divide. Uh, I don't know how you can coalesce with uh, you know religious people anyway. Yeah, you can't. You, it's very difficult to mix these things, and we come from so many different diverse backgrounds. And that's what yeah. the great that's the great thing about this show. You know, one of the reasons why one of the reasons why I talk about these things and I myself attack these things is because even though I come from the same place y'all come from, essentially, you know, life has brought me, has put me in all these different situations with all these different people. So there's not really anything, there's not really any environment that I haven't had to 
existing for at least a year, you know, so I, and my way is to actually learn those people, you know, and to learn what's going on in that situation. So that way I can build, so that way I can build and I can find out what I want to do, you know, and I wish people could think like that, but like, you know, I'm going to make believe I'm Grant right now and say that 85s don't think like that. They don't do that. You know, 85 is going to be the 85s. So the, the greatest thing that I see is an opportunity to kind of, you know, change the mindset and maybe the thought processes that go along. Rob, are you a member of that group at all online? No, no, no. I don't, you know, you know, I don't get into all that online stuff. You know, my online presence is almost nil. Right. Um, I'm not, you know, all yeah, that dialogue, all that, all that, all that, all that chit chat don't mean shit to me. Like, uh, you can't risk it anyway. You get living on off state and shit. And you get called, you get, what we used to call, we used to call in corporate America, the two finger tap. Oh, yeah. Well, you come up behind you and tap you on your shoulder. Hey, yeah, let me highlight you in the office real quick. So one of the first things, one of the first things when I when I got this gig and I started to travel, the traveling secretary came up to me and he was like, you know, we don't got a lot of rules, but here are the rules. And one of them was when you tip, when you wherever we go, you tip and you tip well. And you know why? Because if you don't, they're not going to say, oh, that whatever guy didn't tip. They're going to say that this guy, and it'll be the company's name first. It's always the company's name before your yeah. name. Yeah. And you're not fucking us. Right. So, right, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I did that, learn that. But also, like, just, you know, my background is so diverse. You know, I have, you know, in theory, I have some of the enemy in my family. You know, right. you, you know my mom is white. Mm-hmm. All, my mother, you know, my mother's whole family, you know, my mother's family is from Colombia. But in Colombia, they represent as white. You know, they're yeah. part of the ruling. They're part of the ruling class over there. And so, Colombia. Yeah, and so yeah. you know, I've I've get I get to see, I've seen it. You know, throughout my lifetime from both sides. Like, in, you know, so to me, a lot of the conversation that goes on in those groups, you know, black this, white people that, you know, there's a whole other thing that's going on energetically. You know, the people who who are who are stockpiling the money want us to be arguing and focused on black white. Chinese, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they got us fighting these little fights. Meanwhile, they're stacking chips as high as the fucking sky. Man, are they? Man, are they? So, I mean, you know, energetically, like none of those, none of those on, on arguments and conversations make a lot of sense to me. A lot you know, of the, yeah, that's why you know, for ideas or to give. Yeah, a lot know? of the, a lot of the ideas and a lot of the, a lot of the subdivisions within the group itself are like immense. And you get you get a lot of people that come in. Anytime you have a group of black people, it was the same thing on Black Planet. I used to love Black Planet. That was like you know that was my spot. They just killed my spot. Oh, but, they um, killed your spot because you was you was I know. you was using it as a as a target rich environment. Like the big, the oh big yeah, Daddy K album cover. Oh yeah, That's what, that was your profile pick. Like X was that was like Mac Planet, not Black Planet, for oh, John well, X. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna lie. I was I was a single dad at the time, and you know it was it was good for targets. You know, good for targets. It was very easy, and they made me a super friend. So that was like made it even easier. Woke up one morning, I had like hundreds of thousands of people like trying to get in. And you know, we are we are like if you're popular and you're black, you know what I'm saying, you're gonna get it. You know what I'm saying? You can get it. So it was like, yeah, it was a good thing for me. Saved me a lot of time. 
Same with that time. Yeah, I was I, married I, the whole time. Me neither. I just and I, and, and I was in Atlanta, and I, and I had heard. So you were you were like stories. right next door to the Black Planet. Oh, you, you were in Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you could have eaten off eaten off that site every day. Every yeah, day. no. I, I was, look. I was I was I was having enough issues in the office, <laughs> alone, you know, going to the damn site and this that and everything else yeah. because I, you know I don't know if you know it, but in Atlanta, man, you might have a. Uh, office of a hundred people, mm-hmm. and about sixty of them uh, degree holding black women. Mm. Mm. Sounds good. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. There was a time in my life where it just would have been like, point me to them, let me at them, yeah. let me at them, let me at them. But yeah. you know, times change. We get old. Now all I have to look yeah. forward to is cotton underwear sales on Juneteenth. He did so, <laughs> so, 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 so dig it. Like the, the kind of shit that I was always more focused on, whatever. Like, so Colorado has this new rule, right? Any job that's posted, any, any job listing that's posted, you have to post the salary or salary range on it. So major corporations have taken to posting jobs and saying, you know, they're remote work. Like, Hey, it's pro- we have an opening for a project manager. You can do this job from anywhere, but Colorado. <clears throat> because they want to keep the Colorado's aim is to try to close the wage gap between mm. men and women. So they want the pri- They want the wages posted for every job moving forward. Mm. And these corporations is like, well, fuck that. We'll just stay out of Colorado then. Yeah. In the journal today. They're assholes. You know, but, I, but that's the shit that we should be fighting against instead of, you know. There's a ton of shit, and and that's like, and that's something that even in you know going back to that blackout coalition conversation, you know, these guys were saying, well, we can't trust them, or whatever. So I so I pointed out, I was like, look, so that means that brother Fred Hampton was wrong when he brought in the coalitions of the poor whites, and he was trying to bring all these other people with who had similar goals and similar problems as the ones that we have that we face in black America and everything, you know, yeah, really, you really got to think about it. And it's interesting that I went, just came back from the Atlanta area, the Georgia area. And, you know, I told y'all, I I texted y'all, I had a problem with the hotel room, you know, and, um, you know, for what we were paying, it's like, it, it, come on. And, um, Yo, y'all at home don't know this, but this brother was hung up on that number. That oh, number really was know. is was taking yeah. fucking years off his life. Like it was oh, eating his skin. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it wasn't. It's not so. Listen, you don't mind paying for you don't yeah, mind like paying that, like, for the accommodations. I just don't want to walk outside and like you know look at the Serengeti in front of me and like wonder <laughs> is there a, is there a lion in that fucking like brush out there? You know, it's like if I walk to my car. It's like our yeah, tiger is gonna come in, like you know, snatch me up. <sighs> you know, but but that's just one thing. But we but we had a problem with the towels, and we tried to get them to you know we tried to get them to bring a towel up. Uh, yeah, scra- there was a scratchy ass towel. That was another problem. It's like it's like that's a, you expect that at the days in. You know what I'm saying? And you know I haven't been to one of those in a long time, but. They, the lady, the girl up front was like, you know, well, we don't have anybody to bring them up. It's just me working in a hotel right now. Oh, hell no. So, yeah. And what was the name? This is the, Mar- this was the Marriott. Now, the courtyard. Oh, Marriott? Yes. Normally, the courtyard. Bullshit, but, but some, of, some, yeah, of, some of those courtyards, you know, 
they, they, people buy them, they build them and they get sketchy and they, you know, yeah, they sort of cycle through ownership groups. Well, here's the thing. Like, first of all, like the lady at the front desk, she was like, great. She's fantastic. She was like the next morning. She was like, fantastic. I loved her. But, um, you know, not that lady. It was actually someone else. But the thing is, though, we had a conversation the next morning. And she was like, well, you know, well, look, I am here by myself at nighttime. And part of the problem is because unemployment, unemployment pays these people so much money that they can't get anybody in here to come work during the daytime. Everybody's talking that shit. Everybody is. No, but that's but that's the reality, though. Yeah. Because there was nobody there. If unemployment is paying these people more than you are, then you have a shitty job. That is exactly. Nobody should want that job. You you have a job that nobody should want. That's part of it. And the other part of it is that. These people are getting the same amount of money that someone in their position was making in 1990. And inflation has gone up like exponentially. So salaries haven't even kept up so that, you know, there should be no reason why unemployment pays more money because corporations should be picking up that slack. But we know that they don't pick up that slack. We know that Walmart employees work a 40-hour work week or they can't get a 40-hour work week. They'll cut them down to 32. If full-time employment is 32... Then they make sure that they get 30. Exactly. Then it'll be 30. They get 30. And as you're filling out an application for Walmart, they also will slide you your stuff for public assistance so you can get food stamps simultaneously. So, so that so we like, can subsidize Walmart. So that we can subsidize Walmart while these assholes went around saying, oh, corporations, are, these guys, are they're great. You're the problem. No, nah, you're not the problem, B. Were they Indians? Were they Indian? No, they weren't Indians. No, not this time. Not were they this white, time. black? What? What was their culture? Or well, where I was, where I was, it was a, yeah, the Marriott. Yeah, it was. It, they were black. They were black. Black owned. It was. I don't know if it was black owned because I never met the owner. Black but, managed, but it was definitely black. It was black managed, and there was nobody there. I mean, look, we're coming out out of COVID. I'm sure they haven't had as many customers over the past like year and a half, two years. Whatever. But that's that's some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? That was some bullshit. And it's some bullshit because of the fact that people don't get paid enough money. You know, it was like that was like a way of the reason why I mentioned is because it's like we talk about these things in theory. But when you actually see it in practice, it's like kind of eye opening and awakening. And the practice was that these people they didn't have anybody bring my towels. Um, you, you said earlier that you hadn't been to the Days Inn in a couple of years. Have you been to the Capri? I have not been to the Capri. I okay. The is Capri it even is, still around? I, I believe the Capri is gone. Okay. You know, a lot of okay. those hotels, a lot of those hotels, what they do is they've converted them to, um, you know, social services spots. So okay. it's like, cause they get so much money. They'll, they'll, they send the homeless person there. And the county will pay them some exorbitant fund, like four hundred dollars for the way, night. Way more than they could get by renting it to somebody. Way more and everything, and that's the type of corporate waste and nepotism that we need to be aware of to get rid of. Or you know what, somebody needs to be aware of because, like, I don't have a skin in. I don't have a skin in that game, obviously. But you know, when you talk about defunding the police, defunding the police is more about reallocating funds and reallocating funds. What you would do is you would peel back the books on all of these old boy programs and networks and all these cats making this money off of the government dole. Like the body brokers? Have y'all seen that? Nah, what's that? <laughs> what's the body uh, brokers? On, uh, see, on Netflix or HBO, one of them, uh, it's a movie based on you know true events, but when uh, 
the government was giving out all this money for drug addiction treatment. And these guys would go get bodies to fill in, fill in these uh, places that would pay a kickback to, to the guys. And, and what they were, they had people in a revolving door every, every 30 day relapse. And then the kickback would go all the way back to the dope addict. Oof. Like it was a whole thing. <laughs> so basically, so we're going back to the dope addict. So they were paying yeah, for his so, dope. So, yeah. And, and I'm talking about, you don't even understand the math behind this shit. Like, and then there was these, these chips that kind of work like antabuse, uh, some type of drug that, that makes you not want to uh, ingest uh, drugs, you know, makes you sick or something. But it was a chip that was surgically implanted right under the skin or on the stomach or something. And they were paying like six, I think the number was $60,000 a chip, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, and you can do, and they were doing, literally doing tens, tens of them a day, bringing vanfuls of dope addicts in to get the chip and then pay them cash right then and there. Uh, and the doctor and the, and the body broker would, would split like, uh, you know, everything over costs of that $60,000. And I'm talking about, just think, man, they, they, they were able to, with all these businesses, do a million a day, mm. 30 million a month. Mm. I mean, and it's still going on, though. And those are taxpayer dollars. Yeah, it's, it's still-, still going on. It is, it, it is still going on. Like, uh, like, and these cats, you know, these motherfuckers was going to, like, Ohio and Virginia. And no, well, Ohio, West Virginia, and going and grabbing the dope fiends from there and putting them on a plane to California mm. to get in the rotation. You because can't. One, bo- one body is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in, 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 in government money, that, which filters down the kickbacks, and they even pay the dope at it. I'm going to tell you what, that's a form of ingenuity. <laughs> yeah. That is a form of ingenuity. That is like, you know, unfortunately, I just wish that these people would would be able to find some positive things that they can do in order to fuck people. Well, I mean, they were, they were positively impacting their bank accounts. I mean, mm. you know, they was, they was doing it. Access to drugs, access to chicks, the whole nine yards. Well, you know what, Gene, I'd like to thank you for your contribution today. I know you got family coming and you hopped on for this half an hour. So we're going to give you a round of applause. Hey, yeah, man, I, I wish I could stay and chop it up. I'm actually enjoying this. Uh, so, but let me go drop this boy off. And uh, he's got Muay Thai for the next two hours. I got him back in it. He's been getting whooped. Out of shape. And the boys that grew, and he really didn't go through puberty yet and grew. Uh, so he's small. And, and I'm, I'm telling him, I'm in his ear. Yo, you, it's got to be, you got you to gotta put more time into it off the mat. You're not even, you don't have a game plan this that I'm, I'm just working with him, working with him, working with him. And hopefully, you know, I'm going to get him in a tournament. And if he gets whooped there, maybe that'll motivate him. Out for all the, for shit. He's going to learn this shit whether he wants to or not. Goddamn for it. all the black karate, for all the black karate parents out there are kids who grew up with karate parents. Karate. If you were wondering, if you were wondering whether or not your, your, pa- your parents were laughing at you when you were getting your ass whooped, Gene just proved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they were. They gave him a little bit. It, but I sure hate it for the person that he picks after he gets his ass whooped because it's either usually a girl or somebody that he can handle. Oh, yeah. 
man, I saw him put put somebody in a move called the trash compactor. It's a jujitsu move. Oh my god! Mm. I started going, ow! <laughs> <Man. laughs> yo, all right, guys, man. Yo, y'all all have right, a good G. week, man. We'll all right, G. peace, bro. Right, peace. Yes. So it's just me and you, Mister Brooks. You see, just yes, like indeed. Seems like it's all. It always is that way. Okay, so, you know, at the end of the day, that's what end, it comes down to. Who are you gonna call? You know, what I'm saying, who are we gonna call? Who are we gonna call? To come join us. You know, oh well, that's a di- oh, it's a different conversation. Different day, well, back in the day, it was a different conversation. Definitely, most definitely, brother. You know, which re- which reminds me, I, you know, just you know, Facebook sends you like. Um, uh, you know, hey, he, here are people you might know, whatever. Okay. And a name popped up from the past. I I was just howling. I ain't gonna say the name. Okay. I, you know. You have to you have to post game me that one. Yeah, I have to yeah. post game you that one. But as somebody who who partied with us on a number of occasions, was actually might have even been at my going away party. Uh-huh. Um, from uh from the north side of Brentwood. Oh, really? Uh, cu- cousin of of another friend of ours. I know you're talking. I think I know who you're talking about. Probably. If we were on a but, uh, game show right now, it would be a pretty good clue. I I could run off two names right now. It was it was it was it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty hilarious. Like I saw the picture pop, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all kinds of all kinds of memories flooding back there. Mm, you know what? My experience tells me that it's time to segue this into another conversation. So let's talk about James Baldwin, brother. Did you see that interview? Yes, I did. You know, I'm a huge, huge James Baldwin fan. Yeah. Like that brother, you know, he took all the bullets because he loves us so. Yes. Like he, he took no shorts and, you know, like I, I just, you know, he might have been, he might be the most eloquent person in my lifetime. Mm, I never like, thought about that. He might be the most eloquent dude in my lifetime. Just the way he put together sentences, the way his way he thought. You know, you see all these these clips of him on talk shows, and, and you know some of these dudes were coming for his neck. Always, always, always. His, his for demeanor his neck. was all. His demeanor was always the same. He was like, right, boom, like that dude was a metronome. He was just right there and just bop, 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 bop. Like at the end of the conversation, yeah, like them dudes just looked like they had had it. Yeah, and he was LGBTQ. Whatever the last initial is, I'm sorry. Is it I? I. He was like, you know, I, I thought it was interesting when he mentioned in the interview how he came out and he would tell people that he was gay. He told everyone that he was gay. He said he wasn't going to let them use that as a as a tool against me. I'm not exactly. going to use that to stop me. You know, and he actually used it as a tool of empowerment at that time. So it's like there's so many great different different aspects of this man. You know. He was he he had enemies within, he had enemies without, and all that he had to fight them all off with was a superior intellect. And, and it was a superior intellect. For those who, who don't know, there was a ABC News had sent someone to interview James Baldwin back in I think it's nineteen seventy seven. And ABC wind up wound up sitting on it and the um the BS line that they used when they when they squashed it, what they told the producer was nobody cares about a washed up writer. Mm. Um, and so this interview has just been sitting in a can at ABC up on the west side of New York since then. Mm. And it's now found the light of day. And, you know, Mr. Baldwin is brilliant as always. I, I, su- uh, I suggest to people that they check it out. You know, yeah. it's a, I know the article is um, it's in Esquire magazine this month. And, um, you know, I've watched it twice already. You know, just today, 
Uh, and, you know, um, and the, the one thing that I learned through this uh, interview was that, you know, he had bought he took the money from one of his early books and he bought an apartment building in New York City and he moved all of his people into it. Manhattan. And in and Manhattan. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Like, you know, he took care of his people, mm-hmm. you know, invested in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not only was he, you know, intellectually, you know, philosophically gifted. But he was also doing a little something financially too. Well, the interesting part about that too is also they expressed that that those family, that family, those nine siblings had actually supported him while he was away in Europe. Yeah. So they they believed in him and they invested in him, and he turned around and he paid it back. You mm-hmm. know, in spades. That was a it's a different generational thing. It's a different, but that's the way families basically made it that time. At that time, you know, I remember my father. Um, he, I remember the stories, I know my mother had discussed it before about how he, you know, used to send money home to North Carolina Mm. when he was working as a truck driver in New York. That was a normal thing. That was a part of bringing up your family. Now, you know, you leave the hood, you leave your family and everything. It's like you leave them. These people are leaving them behind. So I think it's important that, I think it's important that people recognize that the, the times have changed and all of the ways that times have changed, you know, for better yeah, or for worse. Uh, my, my mom's people, uh, you know, obviously they came from Columbia in 1954, but yeah. there was almost always, you know, until my grandparents were in their 80s, there was almost always somebody from Columbia staying in their house. Right. A, 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 a friend's co- son, a cousin's nephew, whatever, like there was, so, and, the, you know, as they got older, the connection became more like, you know, at one point, oh, this is your niece's whatever. Like, this was a friend of a friend. Whatever. But there was always somebody. Like, somebody wanted to go to school in America, you go stay with the Gomez's. And I remember, like, the number was dirt cheap. Like, they weren't, they weren't making money off these people. They weren't. They were just, you know, hey, like, just kicking for the food or whatever. Right. But they always had people in their house. They were always helping other people cross the bridge. Right. And that's, what, and that's a familial thing. And that's a community thing that we need to... <laughs> get back to and we have to tap into instead of trying to tap into these old systems. You know, one of the things about that argument that I had gotten into is that we were talking about the old systems. We were talking about how people, how people like um, do things now. And we, we just, that we just, that there's so many, there's so many holes in the game between the old stuff and the old ways and the new ways. And my point is always that I don't want to become my oppressor. I don't want to be like them in work or a deed. And somebody, you know, somebody thought that that was funny for some reason. I don't know why he thought it was why he thought it was funny. I just thought he was that was an ignorant response. Well, but, the the thing is though, you know, why he thought it was funny is because they're indoctrinated into the system. Mm. That's why they think it's funny because they're indoctrinated into the system. And this is someone who really was trying to teach other people that he was elevated in his thought and in his comments, but he actually like the the reverse is like, you know, you have to put in you have to put in the work. And if you know that this doesn't work, you know that this system doesn't work. Like this is the main problem that people have when they say defund the police. Well, the main problem is really that they don't want the police defunded. They don't want that they don't want the system broken up. Um, there was an article that came out this week. Um, Ninety, the police actually solved about two percent of the crimes that were committed across the country. Two percent. You know, this is gun crimes. This is murders. This is rapes. This is everything. You know, and their budgets are one point 
six billion dollars here, one billion dollars here, a billion here. You're putting all these this money into this group and this organization that isn't effective. They're not effective as a group because but they're. Go ahead. People start screaming as soon as you as soon as you say defund the police. Go well. Who are you going to call when something happens? Oh, I'll bet you. You know, just remember not like. But that's because they're so. Well, first of all, there's fear mongering going on, but they're just indoctrinated in the system. They refuse to think that there could be another way. All they know is what they know. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous because the, those numbers don't support those numbers. It shouldn't. It shouldn't, and it doesn't. So, but my point with my point with this, like, you know, with what I was saying about, you know, about the comment is that, you know, everybody's got a complaint and everybody's got a beef. It's like, you know, it's not, it doesn't make you unique to be able to beef. We can get up here on this show and we can bitch for an hour. No problem. You know what I'm saying? But what about your solutions and how are you going to actually fix this? And if someone comes out and they say, well, we should, you know, have a conversation about, uh, formulating a committee or maybe like making a different organization as opposed to the police. And you're going to sit there and say, no, you know what I'm saying? What the fuck are you for? You have to come up with a solution. You can't just talk shit. It's like, you know, even if you're talking shit and your shit makes sense, what's your answer? What point, of, where are we walking to? What, what road are we walking down? You know? And until you get to that point, you'd really just like, you're, you're really assisting you're more of an assistant to the system as it is than you actually know, because what you're doing is you're just disillusioning people, saying that there's no hope, there's nothing that they can do, and everything. Just give up and just be angry, you know. And you had said something earlier. It was like, what did you say about anger today? About people being angry? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hurt people, hurt people. These, these, you know, some people. They never unpack, you know, they've taken a, a thousand slings and arrows and they never unpacked any of that. And they're just carrying that around mm. and, you know, just taking it out on everybody, everything and everyone they see. And it's, it's not useful. It's not helpful. It's not productive. It's not you know, productive. Not, you know, it's not productive to them. And it just, you know, you, you're, you're, you're in pain. And so you're just going around creating enemies for yourself for no reason. What good does that do? Doesn't do it, but you know, but people don't see it that way because they're just so trapped in, I mean, how many people live truly awakened lives? Like how many people actually sort of think about what they do and why they do it on a daily basis? Like you're asking them to think about solutions for these larger community systems, but most people don't even think about like how they spend the, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day that they're awake. They just... You're on autopilot. You get up, you get your cup of coffee, you turn on the TV, you watch the news, you get dressed, you go to work, you do what they tell you, you come home, you eat this, you drink that, you watch this. Everything just gets inserted into your brain. Mm. Everything's zapped into your brain, and then you go to sleep. Mm. You know, lather, rinse, repeat. And that's life. Yeah, and that's their life. And that's life. And no you matter. Know, and no matter yeah. how much they how much how much they want to pretend that it's something different, that's what you're really mad at. You're mad at yourself. You're mad at the the choices that you made, you know. And when you when you when you talk about things outside of the box, they um, automatically want to dismiss it because you're talking about a level of freedom that they're not comfortable with, they're not aware of, they're not comfortable with, and they don't want to see. Yeah, well, I mean, most people don't want, you know, freedom comes with a great amount of responsibility, mm-hmm. and most people don't want that level of responsibility. Mm. 
And that's most people are afraid. Most people are afraid of their greatness. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's the reason why communism works in a lot of places, why socialism works. That's the reason why the United States of America has worked. Because whether these people like to admit it or not, we are a form of a democratic socialist system, you know, and that system is, and the people that don't like to hear that are the ones that are the most beneficiary of that system. We've gone over it before, you know, Mm -hmm. cops, police, government, municipal workers, you know, they get their, they get their pensions and right off into the sunset. You know, so you work for 20 years or you work for 25 years on a job in a dangerous job, quote unquote, where you. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be so dangerous if you didn't abuse people. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. That's part of it. You know, <laughs> Well, you know, they, you create you create your own reality. Well, so, you know, if you take if you know, I'm not sure who told them that they were supposed to be judge and jury, mm-hmm. but all your job is to catch people who are doing bad. And, you know, it's amazing. You know, one of the things that we hear constantly, we see these, there was like a ridiculous and, you know, it was one of the few times that we've seen where there's a white kid getting his ass kicked by this cop and the cops like screaming at him to comply. Mm -hmm. And let's just pretend because, you know, if I remember the story correctly, what the kid did was nothing. But let's just pretend that this kid's an actual lawbreaker. Well, he's a lawbreaker. You expect him to comply? If right. he was complying, he wouldn't be a lawbreaker. <laughs> you would, and if everybody complied, you'd have no job. You'd have no job. And so, you, you know, that we get angry at these people because they don't comply. And then we use that as an excuse to treat them in any old fashion. Th- that's fairly ridiculous and also nonsensical. I mean, it's it defies logic. A lot of things here do defy logic. And if people were to if people were to just unpack that for a moment. And start from that position, perhaps we can get some systems. But generally, like, you know, what we talk about on this show, um, the betterment of society on a whole, the betterment of communities on a whole, it's not something that resonates with most people in the world. It's not something that resonates. Definitely it doesn't. It's not something that resonates with those that hold the power. You know, these conversations are a threat to the power structure. You know, because any way you're going to take that and you're going to move it around, if the dollars don't stop at their account, they're not happy with it. They're not happy that, with it. That's the nature of power, though. You know, that also makes sense in that nobody gives power up freely. Like there was a uh, there's a, a funny line in in the, in Hamilton um, in which uh, King George uh, is standing up and he's saying, I understand George Washington is leaving and stepping away from his throne. I didn't understand that was something a person could do. Because mm. no, one of the things that was brilliant about that one piece of what George Washington did, I'm not going to, you know, he's a complex human being. He fucked Watch up a lot of things, life. but he did some things right. great. But to actually say, like, look, I don't need to be ruler for life. If this thing is going to exist and continue, then we need to keep transferring the power to other people. Most people, once they get power, they spend the rest of their life trying to hold on to it. Right. Like Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Because, you know, to the victor go the spoils. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's a good life. Yeah. It's a good life. That's not our our reality. And, you know, Donald Trump is, um, you know, he's the greatest example of someone who's trying to change, who is trying to change the dynamic of how this works, you know, with power being shifted. He's still trying. Yeah. 
And well, if we're being honest about it, though, the power doesn't really shift. The power is in the same places. It's in the corporate. It's in the corporate boardrooms now. It, it's in the people who pay, who pay for the, uh, who donate the money, donate the money, and help and help these people get elected, and who help provide them with the assistance to help draft the laws. They don't, they don't help with the law, but they, you know, here's a lobbyist who can help explain this to you why this is a good idea. Oh, it's a good idea. That's a good idea, huh? All right. And they explain it at score sometimes, you know, or <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what score is. You know, is, Smith and Walensky's or, uh, you, know, you know, on a on a private jet to Cabo. Exactly, you know. There's always there's always a, the, the location is always uh, written off as a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to have it power. Was, it, it was, it was, you know, it was a, uh, it was an informational junket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they call it, my junket. Yeah, an informational junket. My junket. It was my junket. That's what makes me write the Lewis. So, hey, the world doesn't change. And it was interesting with the Baldwin thing is that um, 1979, at that point in time, he's a quote-unquote washed-up writer, and his observations were much the same as they were in the 60s and then the 50s. Nothing had actually changed. And nothing does change unless and you decide to change. change it. Because yeah. he's still right on target. All right. This is the part that, this is the part that you know, people don't get. I won't even say black people. I'm just going to say people. You know, the changes that need to come, that need to come apart in order for you to see those effective changes have to be changes. You know, it can't be the same thing. You know, in yeah. a different in a different suit or a different box, and if you're telling yourself that 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 is what is indicative of change, I don't know if you're trying to fool me or you're trying to fool yourself most of the time, because the reality is that these systems that we're in we're so entrenched in it. We are in a we do live in a socialist country. We have been living in a socialist country for thirty, forty, fifty years. Um, the barriers are there, the systems are there, the work is, um, doled out and you're not changing that. You're making it interesting, you know, but you know, good thing. If you like backwards half price Juneteenth from now on half price on backwards. Hey man, I just can't. I I can't wait to get my uh, my half rice packed of uh, cotton tank top undershirts. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Well, you know, I know you. Are you a cigar smoker, Rob? You are a cigar on a, smoker on occasion. On occasion. Well, you know, maybe not the maybe the top American brands might want to come in on Juneteenth and give half price or maybe even a quarter to descendants of slaves. That yeah, sounds like not, a good sale to we're me. We're not, we're not, we're not touching any of those. We're not touching you know, those. If, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to wrap my lips around a cigar, it's either going to be a product of the Dominican Republic or from uh, Havana, Cuba. Once again, proving the point that Juneteenth is an unnecessary holiday. We can't get discounts on good tobacco. What's the point? Newport's half price. <sighs> <laughs> the, only, the only good thing that's coming out of the Juneteenth celebration tomorrow is that I have to work, so I'm getting a, a comp day for it. Oh, okay. 
the celebration is tomorrow. They're starting the national holiday as quickly as tomorrow. Well, and, and, well, I don't know if it's the national holiday, but the city of Philadelphia adopted Juneteenth as a holiday last year. Okay. And so this will be the second year that the city of Philadelphia has um, observed the holiday of Juneteenth. It's just absurd. It really didn't make a difference. It's absurd. Slaves celebrating the free, the slavery, the uh, freedom of former slaves. Because like this country is like, whether you believe it or not, you're pretty much all slaves. We're all slaves. You just don't get that shit. You don't get it. The fact that the only difference is that I'm allowed to have this podcast forever, however long I'm allowed to have it, you know, um, if Trump comes in, I'm sure that would comes back in. I'm sure he's not going to leave again. The second time, he's definitely not leaving. But then again, oh, he'll probably be God. dead by then. He'll probably you know, be dead by if, then. If he gets back in, he'll be he'll he'll be a full military parade. He'll be rolling the tanks down uh down uh shutting the mall, it, shutting it all down like right away. Very interesting times we live in. Very interesting times. And guess what? We got our show in, Rob. We did it. There you go. Were you, were you worried that we wouldn't? No, no, no. I don't worry about it. No, no. You know, after after a week off and everything, it's like kind of different getting into the groove, getting back into things. This week was very interesting with um, the work that I had to do, um, getting caught up, you know, which is made mostly entrepreneurial things and moving forward. I've got a one big real estate deal that's about to that's like really popping off. Right now, which is a good thing. Anything you have in real estate right now was a good thing. I, I've spent, uh, you know, we went took my daughter and I went to the movies on Tuesday. Went to see In the Heights. Okay. Um, Wednesday we went out and we went once a week. We go out to Top Golf and just hit balls and have lunch and just spend two or three hours sitting laughing. She shows me stuff on her Instagram feed. Yeah. You know, I pull up stuff to you know from a different perspective that she might enjoy. Um, just stuff to make each other laugh, and yeah, in the heights. That's that was an interesting. We should have we could have talked about that for a little while. Uh, you know, we can we can jump into that next week. I'm going to tell you right now. Like I I read the criticism and I saw the movie and I I hear them and respect it, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like I looked up on the screen. First of all, I connected with the story based on the the, the sort of a, a a confluence of circumstances over the weekend. My cousins came. Uh, down to a baseball game on Saturday. I haven't seen those brothers in years. Okay. Or I haven't seen a lot of them in years. And then my father's, the, the gentleman who was my father's best friend, who you happen to know, Bob O'Tone yep. uh, from WXBA. Yep. His son came to the game on Sunday. Um, and I hadn't seen Eddie O'Tone in forever. Um, and it just then, you know, go see In the Heights. And so some of the themes within the movie In the Heights just sort of were right there, like some things that I had been thinking about because I had seen these people from my past, um, some of whom should be part of my present as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole colorism thing uh, argument, I looked up at the screen and saw a screen full of people who looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the light skinned brothers, the light skinned oh, brothers it, took over the screen. It was, you know, it was. Saying, I mean, you know. there, there was, there were, there were all hues on there, but but for the most part, the leads looked like me okay um you know they look like me they look like a lot of the people we went to school with okay. i mean you know they could have easily cast this movie at brentwood high school and we'd have been like oh uh, like extras it would have been yeah, fine it was so i you know i thought it was fabulous i hear the arguments 
Um, we can discuss that another time. Yeah, or we could skip over it completely and totally if. Or we, you know, know. we don't have to. We don't always have to. We don't always have to give them their five minutes of fame. Yeah, it's been it's been slow with news ever since Biden has been president. You know, honestly, because you don't have a lot of bad shit. You get the occasional bad shit things. Of course, uh, people are still shooting up buildings and offices and things like that. But now we've become so numb to that stuff. It's like you know, you have two a week and nobody knows what happened where. Well, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of other stuff too that's just getting out of hand. You know, the there was a, a video of a uh, of a guy in San Francisco on a bike mm-hmm. rolls into a a drugstore. I won't give the chain a plug, but rolls his bike into a drugstore with a garbage bag and literally just sits there. He's pushing shit off the shelves into this garbage bag. Security's just watching him, and then he just drives out the you know rides his bike out the store. Mm. You know, the, 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 the housing issue in San Francisco, the homeless issue in San Francisco is tremendous. The number of mental, mentally ill people on our streets is seemingly increasing exponentially. Mm. And if we do not start to do something about that, if we, not, if we don't start to respect that, you know, I wish all so- these conversations about our streets becoming crazy just going to become normal dialogue. I wish these things were something that we could address just culturally. You know, um, there are a lot of people in, in, you know, the black community that feel like these things don't affect them, but they do. And, yeah, they do. Um, you know, this uh, uh, a, a narrow view of things, it's it's good for a certain, to a certain extent, but you need a broad. We have to live amongst people. We live around them. You have to cooperate. There's no group that lives by themselves. There's no community anywhere in the world that is like completely and totally isolated unless you want to talk China. Well, you know. there, there's, there's China, there's Japan, and then there's the country that is trying to rid itself of its diversity so that they can be the only ones who live on that peninsula. Are you talking about us? Talking no, I'm not talking us? about us. Oh. I'm talking about us. Okay. Well, that's deep. Now it's a mystery. Now I can't even figure that one out. So that's why we're definitely going to end it right here, Mr. <laughs> Too smart for me right now. Yo, doggy. Doggy. So tune in next week and check us out. Born in Trouble. Peace. Same bad time. Same bad channel. That's right. Peace. Peace.